0: Create with Fran Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is Franz Sydney and this is Create with France, episode 159. We are celebrating three years of podcasting and serving the community with you know mindset tips and how to get a life that you really really want to live. Today we have a very special guest and her name is Chloe. Can you tell me how I pronounce your surname?
1: Oh, it's Spanish, so it's Jimenez Peters. Jimenez, Jimenez Peters.
0: All right, so Chloe, Jimenez, Peters. There we go. We're getting there. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is very, very close to the heart of so many people today, and it is how to overcome depression. You know, I don't have statistics, but how many people in the world are suffering from this silent killer? You know, it's a very slow condition that people think you know that see I got it I'm gonna be an antidepressant from the, for the rest of my life but actually we're here to tell you that you don't have to be like that you don't have to be sad depressed and low for the rest of your life there is hope and there is a lot of hope and you do not need to be in therapy for the rest of your life nor to take antidepressant for the rest of your life and I'm very happy to be able to share this very special space with Chloe because She used to be a sufferer of depression, so she knows firsthand what it means. And I used to live with somebody who had depression for almost 20 years. I know what it means to live with somebody who has depression and I see so many depressed people. So it's really an important topic to talk about with, with grace and with tact and with diplomacy, but also being down to earth and saying, okay, what's actually going on with depression? So let's hear from Chloe. What
1: is your story? The microphone is all yours. Thank you, friends. So I am a clinical hypnotherapist and a rapid transformational practitioner. I also am a trauma informed coach for narcissistic abuse. And I was diagnosed with depression when I was seventeen years old. I was put on antidepressants. And you know, I bought into that whole you have a chemical imbalance that's what the doctor told me and I just bought into it um why wouldn't you and so it was like it really resonated with me and it's really interesting now that you feel that resonance in your body when somebody tells you Oh, there's something wrong with you. You've got a chemical imbalance. And now, knowing what I know, working with depression, the trauma imprints create these beliefs to the effect of there's something wrong with me. I'm bad at my core. That's really the root cause of depression when you get to the right to the root of it. So then I went on to study at medical school and then I transferred to dentistry. I have a medical background. I really bought into everything is genetic. Everything um, has this chemical reason. And I bought into that for many, many years. And then I came across work on the subconscious mind. And when I started to understand and learn about the subconscious mind, it was like this surge of excitement. It was like wow, this is the piece of the puzzle they don't teach us at med school. And this is everything. The subconscious mind is running every process in your body. When you have trauma imprints, you know, your childhood, um, you're making 95% of your beliefs before you're seven years old, and you're forming beliefs about yourself all the time in order to belong to your tribe. And this is, you know, what, what creates the depression at the end of the day. So... It was really exciting for me to start learning about the subconscious mind, start learning about the polyvagal theory and understand actually your nervous system is working for you according to the perception you have about yourself. So if you have a perception about yourself at a subconscious level, it's unconscious information, you've formed a belief in your childhood, which is often, you know, you might not have. A memory of your childhood being bad, but somewhere along the line, you've locked into a belief unconsciously to the effect of, I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. I'm worthless. And in that moment, when that child was made to feel shame because they were rejected, that belief is imprinted on their nervous system. And so every time they're then exposed in the real world as feeling. Uh, You know, salt is put in that wound of I'm bad, they're made to feel exposed, that it's not safe to be themselves in an environment. Their nervous system is activated because it's coming to protect you. And so we're activated into fight or flight. There you find the anxiety or the anger. Then you reach your threshold of fight or flight and your body comes to protect you further by putting you into freeze response. And here's where you find the depression, freeze response. It's your nervous system protecting you further. You have dissociation, depression in the freeze response and it shuts you down for safety because you are perceiving extreme danger and you can't be in fight or flight for so long. You then go into freeze and it's a shutdown. And when you're perceiving in the world that you could be rejected because you're bad, it's not safe to be you, then of course your body's gonna to come to protect you and keep you in this freeze response. And it feels terribly complicated. And you feel like, oh, there's just something wrong with me. I'm different. There's, and it's really common when people come to me, they just can't seem to understand how they could be free of this in a matter of 60 days. Because it all feels very complicated. But the problem is unconscious. If it wasn't unconscious, if you knew what the problem was in your conscious mind, you would have solved it by now. And people always used to say to me when I was young and I was on antidepressants, what do you have to be depressed about? And that's really triggering because it, you feel like a burden. You just think, well, oh, I wish I knew. Then you feel guilty for being depressed. Like It just feels so heavy and you just start to think, I wish that I could just disappear. Because then I wouldn't be such a burden. And you really just want to just sleep your life away. I also had chronic fatigue syndrome. I just wanted to sleep my life away. And I didn't understand why it was the way I was. But having done all the studies that I've done on the subconscious mind, all the work that I continue to do and learn about our system, you know, there should be this rite of passage when we move from childhood into adulthood. It feels like there should be this rite of passage where we clear away all the programming that we've acquired in childhood, where we're taught about how our body is actually working for us and how to make our mind work for us, how to understand how to bring ourselves out of sorry about my dog barking how to bring ourselves out of those stress responses like fight or flight and to just be in your personal power and this is what we we do we surrender our personal power because the system makers believe that you've just got something wrong with you that um, that serotonin model was a, it's an outdated 90s model that was never proven and I'm really passionate about waking people up to the power within them. Of course, they need help from a practitioner to guide them towards that and to, and to locate those malignant beliefs, those trauma imprints that are on their subconscious mind. And once they do that, and when we reframe it, they just then feel alive again. It's incredibly transformative when you get to the root cause because the medication, it's like putting earplugs in. Like just, just putting a And for many people, the side effects of the medication are worse than than feeling functional on the medication. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not against medication. For me, at, at the time, it was life saving and it made me feel more functional. But I really believe that if there is a chemical imbalance, it's created by your own system because of the beliefs and the perception you have about your environment, about the world around you. Mm-hmm.
0: So how long did you suffer from depression and then you finish So in total, how, how many years did you get this problem? Well,
1: no, I really think that I was suffering throughout my teens. And now I look back and I, and, and also it was, it was related to this premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which I also work with, which is, you know, like women, it's very common, actually. Women with their hormonal cycle, when they get halfway through the cycle, the luteal phase, there's like this veil lifted on, and all of with the sensitivity, extra sensitivity because of the hormone change, they have this extra sensitivity to um, emotional pain. So, those two weeks before the period can be just so debilitating. It's like Jackal and Hyde. And this, all your trauma is coming up to be healed. So I really felt it very strongly before um, my period. And many, many women suffer with this. So I had the chronic fatigue, I had the depression, but then it was exacerbated by this PMDD. And I really feel it's just a calling because you're meant for more and this stuff is coming up to be healed. And what we do as a society is plug you know earplug the noise and and just try to manage it and just try to survive through life so it's very difficult for me to pinpoint how long I was suffering but I would when I look back and I look back at my years at medical school and I think that I was so desperately unhappy it, it really until you really awaken and you realize oh, now I've lived with joy and gratitude every day and I love my life and I you look back and you look at the journey and it really was it was a journey of of decades actually I'm you know I'm 41 years old now and I would say I've been feeling really joyous and living in gratitude and freedom from all of that stuff that I was carrying since I started using RTT I would say yes
0: that's quite a journey and and I'm glad you shared that because sometimes we look at people we Oh, we think they got all, all put together. We don't know what's behind. And it's very brave to also admit that we had a problem. And this is such a common issue to not feeling that we ever measure up. And I've been talking really deeply about this in my most episodes, but especially in the last 10, 20, because people that have BDD, they hate their body, especially ladies, but not always. They do want to be like somebody else. We just don't want to be ourselves. We have to be always thin, always young. The this, this skin has to be brilliant. We cannot have saggy anything. You know, past 40, 50, your body starts to change and nobody can accept that. I, I hear and I read in the forums on YouTube, people going through all sorts of procedures, painful, expensive, because we cannot accept aging. We just cannot accept it. So people get depressed. I look in the mirror in the morning. Oh, you're not in the stage yet, but it will come. You know, especially for women, because when you look at a magazine, you look at internet, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Everyone looks so enhanced. You know, like a Barbie with these things everywhere that everywhere that we don't normally have, and we have this unattainable goal to be like that, to be smart. To do it all, to have a perfect career while having a perfect family and raising perfect children while look perfect and still relax. And you have to take pictures of everything, to put on Instagram. I think the pressure is incredible and most people cannot live up to that. And so they can get depressed Mm. for all sorts of reasons without even having any trauma. Maybe you had a wonderful family, but we're creating the depression with the way the social media work, with the way we attack people the polar opposites you know everyone if you don't agree with me you're wrong and so we, we can't even talk so we're more depressed and we don't want to know why we are and so we just got anxiety and depression medicine and you're quite right in saying there is a space and a place for medication in some occasion for example you have a terrible tragedy in the family and for some reason you can't cope but that might be a lifesaver but when you go 10, 15, I mean, I, I met a person that was divorced, but husband left, and she was 15 years on Prozac after that. 15 years? I know he left, but after 15 years, surely you worked out that he left. You know, There, there must be something. And then she just dropped it. She said, let's see, I, I want to change my life. So it's an important conversation to have. And, um, and I'm glad you came to the other side and, and been aware from both medical points, so the medical point of a doctor, psychiatrist, scientists, biologists looking for pin, pinpointing what is wrong in the brain, Oh let's open the brain and section it. But really, what are the thoughts? The thoughts are creating reality, yeah? yeah. So there are electrical currents and we can have these uh, recurrent thoughts to become stronger because whatever we repeat will become stronger And will start believing in that. And so tell me more about what did you actually do? What's the process? What's the therapy that worked with you that maybe we can share with the audience so that they can see the hope that we can get better?
1: Yeah, I mean... Well, it was really interesting what you said about the, you know wanting to change our bodies because this when i was studying medicine i wanted to be a plastic surgeon because this was my idea of happiness if i can help people have the bodies and the faces that they want then i'll then i'll feel good and then i want then i was like with oh, dentistry i want to be a dentist because i had a fear of um I've done this as a child I never want people to experience that pain and so once I got in touch with my sole purpose that we all come here with but the programming doesn't allow us to see it I realized gosh look I always wanted to make people happy and 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 help them take away their fears and so now I realize I really am doing my soul. I am practicing my sole purpose and it, it's wonderful um I mean, it just goes to show how that past version of me saw happiness, doesn't it? That, that my idea of happiness was making people, uh, was was giving people the body and the face that, that they desire, um, and 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 uh, with the work that we do, it really is very spiritual as well as scientific. You know, we're reprogramming the subconscious mind. This changes everything. It changes the way you see yourself, the way you, the lenses through which you see life, your perception. Um, it's a very very deep process but it's also a spiritual process it's an awakening to the fact that you are not your body you are not your mind we're so identified by our mind you are a beautiful divine soul and you have a body and this body the subconscious mind is the body this body has picked up beliefs because we are um, you know the most intelligent creatures on earth we are adapting all the time to our our environment and that's what emotional trauma is we're adapting all the time with our beliefs in order to belong to our tribe and 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 this is why we end up with these programs that keep us small that um not allow us to get in touch with our soul purpose and our soul's desires and I really believe that if you desire something deep down then it's meant for you that's your soul desiring and it's meant for you and once we peel away the programs that you've picked up that are keeping you small then you know you're able to really follow your heart's desire and trust yourself you know we talk a lot about self-worth and about the self-worth wound but there's also the self-trust wound and both of them together they're just as important as each other trusting in yourself allowing yourself to follow your intuition with a society has really blocked that off for us so it's getting you in touch with your intuition trusting your intuition trusting that the universe is there to support you and the universe wants you to have everything you desire um so it really is a holistic process so i start off so if somebody comes to me for depression and anxiety or premenstrual dysphoric disorder, I, I start off with, um, well, we have a 60-day program. We start off with an hour of coaching, an hour of me really getting into that person's energy, really mapping out what their childhood was like. We take the before scores because by the end of the program, because of the new neural pathways having been formed, they forget how bad they were. We need to do the before and after scores because... Those old neural pathways are pruned away and people can't believe that they ever felt the way they did feel. So in that first session, we do the before scores and we really get to know each other. I really want to get into your energy. And then after that hour of introductory coaching call, we will go for our first RTT session, the rapid transformational therapy session, which I'm sure your your listeners will have heard all about. Um, and it's it, we use a hypnotic brain state for it because we want to access the subconscious imprints and we want to get to the root. And so we use a number of tools in this two hour session in a hypnotic state and we get to the root cause of whatever you've come to me for. We start with the depression normally and that really takes you out of the freeze response. You will then go away and listen to the transformational recording with the new empowering beliefs for 30 days to rewire your mind with your own neuroplasticity in the session we have because it's root cause resolution. We've got to the root cause. We've done the inner child work. We've reframed, we've done parts therapy. um, And so we move you out of that freeze response, which is the depression. And then after that first half of the package, we then move into another RTT session, another 30 days. So we have another RTT session. And what's really quite textbook is when people start to feel, fight or flight um, symptoms come up like anger, like anxiety, because it's coming up to be healed. We've taken you out of freeze response, and now you're spending more time in the, in the fight or flight, and we attack the anxiety or the anger. And so that's the second half of the treatment is all about that. And it's really bringing you back to safety, to express yourself authentically, to know that you are enough, that you belong, that you are supported, and um, and to really rewiring your mind with the truth about you, um, that you validate you. Because as children, we're looking for outside validation all the time, but we're missing this rite of passage as we move into adulthood that tells us, no, you know, you validate you now. You you don't relinquish your power to others them to tell you that you're right or you're wrong you do that for you and when you do this at a deep subconscious level it changes everything it changes the way you see life it's you're seeing life through different lenses um, so it's extremely powerful and then at the end of those 60 days we then have another coaching call we do the after scores and i often say to, they, i mean the worry at the end is from my clients or patients is, will this last? And I say to them, this is only the beginning. You have chosen to set off on a new trajectory of life. You have chosen to rewire your mind with the truth about you. You have this deep connection to honoring yourself and a deep sense of self-acceptance. And you're only going to build on that. This is only the beginning you are going to keep exercising those muscles of self-validation, self-love and self-trust and you're going to keep implementing these tools that we have learned together that you have taken away from the program and um, and then they start to feel that they have this they're discovering this new purpose in life that they hadn't given themselves permission to ever feel before a lot of my a lot of my clients then say, Oh, I want to study RTT. I can't tell you how many people have, have ended up then going to study RTT doctors that come to me for healing. And so it's a beautiful, this is the beautiful ripple effect of the healing work. And it, you know, my work is mainly word of mouth. I end up working with two, three, four people from the same family. Um. So that's that, that just shows the ripple effects because when you heal, one person, I, I worked with one lady for PMDD, and she said, I finally got the father that I've always wanted. And that was because she changed. She changed deeply that her father then was showing up differently for her. And that's just one person healing. I then went on to work with her husband and you know, members of the family. And so the retinal effect is just beautiful. And I champion anybody that, that wants to go into into doing this work because it's so needed you realize how many unhappy people there are in the world just living in survival mode and it doesn't need to be this way but it's like we've surrendered our power and what I love to help people realize is how powerful they are that everything they desire is absolutely available to them and to teach them how to stand in their personal power teach them because with this healing you get emotional intelligence and this is what it's all about we're here to evolve we're here to evolve and take responsibility for our stuff and be in your personal power and learn emotional intelligence so that you're not projecting your wounds onto your children onto your other relationships um so yeah i champion anyone that wants to take responsibility for their stuff it's not your fault that it happened but it is your responsibility to do the healing work and, and go to the root cause. I did years of talk therapy with the, you know, that's what they give you, um, what they gave me with the NHS. But this, this really does in one session what years of talk therapy couldn't touch because it is so deep, um, and you're going to the root cause. You're not randomly talking about stuff that you know you can't fix with your conscious mind.
0: Yeah, it is a totally different approach, and this is, you know, I've been doing RTT for many, many years now, and it just so much faster and people say oh you have to have a degree you have to be a psychologist a psychotherapist you have to be a psychiatrist there is a space for everything you know but for depression it's so much faster to use hypnosis and coaching and NLP all together to just go there and reframe instead of just talking about it and talk talk every time you go to the counselor we just talk you talk we listen when you go home and you are back
1: to the same problem, and nothing happened. It just like yeah, I don't it understand. It was awful. It was it was torture for me, you know. Seventeen years old, going in same time every week. So it, I didn't I didn't really understand what the point of it was. It was like they were just making me cry. It was like that was that that's what it felt like to the seventeen year old version of me. It was like they were just making me cry. There was and it was like hey, off you go, and I'd leave feeling kind of almost worse than I'd gone in. Like I didn't understand what the point of it was. And that's the beautiful thing about rapid transformational therapy is that it's root cause resolution. It's somatic therapy. You know, the subconscious mind is the body and these trauma imprints, that get stuck in your body and they're activating your nervous system all the time. We're not supposed to be in fight or flight. Uh, you know over the long periods of time the way we are as a society it's very damaging to the organs and that's why you know this is the thing stress which is you know the fight or flight activation is is responsible for the for 98 percent of illnesses big pharma wouldn't have you believe that of course it doesn't benefit them but you have all the power within you. you you've just picked up mutations in your belief system about yourself and about the world around you because your needs were not met when you were a child, and that might be hard to accept because you might see your parents as like the best people in the world. But we're human, and we we make mistakes, and we can't. You know, children need unconditional love. Well, we don't love our children unconditionally. We don't. We love them. It's not. It's just not how we function. You know, it's when you behave the way I need you to behave, then I'll show you love, and so. We lock into ideas, we form conclusions about ourselves. I need to be this or, oh, I'm too much. I must never speak up again. And and, and this is the intelligence of the human adapting all the time. But that intelligence holds back and keeps us small. We actually have a choice. And when you realize that you have choice and you have a choice to change that programming, You start thinking differently, you start behaving differently, you ultimately change your personality, you know? Your beliefs create your thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings dictate the behaviour and the action you take in your life, and that's your personal reality. I'm a completely different person to the person, you know, the past versions of me. I'm like, it feels like a past life now. I don't identify at all, it's weird. but it's, you know, we're here to evolve. Okay, not everybody is here for the same amount of awakening. And, and that can create issues in relationships too. You know, we do the work. We've magnetized those partners because of the wounds we had. Those wounds fit together like a puzzle. Then one person does the healing and suddenly there's this congruence. And, and and this can create problems in the relationship. And I often say that people doing this work um, is a, it, it should come with a warning because sometimes we do have to let go of relationships we do have to let go of friendships that don't, that no longer serve us um, that keep putting salt in those old wounds and are not allowing us to embody the version of us that we're really destined to embody um, and if you choose growth and you choose to evolve you do have to let things go and, and, and just know deep down that greater things are coming to you, you know, and you're meant for more. Yeah.
0: It's a huge impact on, you know, the, the words that we say to other people, or sometimes just the way we address their interests and in hobbies and likes, we're all different, so just because I like something you don't like, it doesn't mean it's not good enough. And, um, and we can make them feel weaker by saying, oh, you should give up, it's too hard, this happened to me personally, I had people in my family, oh, you can never not only family, friends, very good friends, Tell me, you can never do this. I'm not going to go into details because they might be listening. You can't do this and that look, you're too tired. Can you see we are requiring so much work of you? It's not worth it. This is going to be so tough. Just give up. And I was like, I actually need the opposite here. I need encouragement that I can do that. And I, I went and did it and, and I did it really well. But I was like, well, thank you so much. So these people don't believe that you can do something. Well, maybe you shouldn't be too close to people who believe you're going to fail in everything (laughs) because their vibrations or whatever you call them, their energy is not going to be very helpful and then you're going to start doubting yourself. And I realize we have passed by half an hour, but I really want to see something, something happening today. So you are a person listening today to the podcast and you're like, right, I I can conquer this depression. What would be the first thing, two, free two,
1: ideas? What can you do now to get rid of this depression? What's your tip? Depression it tends to be exacerbated by thinking about the past, you know, ruminating about the past, whereas anxiety is like fear of what might happen, fear of what might go wrong. Depression is like really thinking about the past. So I would say what you can do to help yourself is just become the watcher of your thoughts and, and and really realize how you've been getting emotionally involved in those thoughts because you know you think about something for longer than three minutes you start it starts to have a physiological effect on your body and you've got to start loving yourself better and you've got to start honoring your body and your energetic needs and just starting to exercise that muscle of just being the watcher and going, isn't that interesting? I wonder where that comes from because you are much more than your body. You are not your body, you're a divine soul. And so just starting to come to yourself with love and compassion and whatever you're feeling, acknowledge the feeling. The feelings just want to be acknowledged. And if you don't acknowledge them, they magnify into emotions, they get louder. And so whatever you feel, I I want you to put your hand on your heart, close your eyes and say to yourself, I love myself for feeling this way. Just insert the emotion if you're feeling angry. I love myself for feeling angry. Over and over and over again, like 10 times. And if, and as you do that, you will notice the feelings subside because you've brought love and compassion to yourself. People always used to say to me, you've got to be more compassionate with yourself. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? This is how you do it. You feel the feelings and you bring safety. This is safety because it's unconditional love. I love myself for feeling whatever I am feeling. It's a low-vibing emotion. As children, we were rejected, we were punished for feeling low-vibing emotions. You've got to start taking responsibility for loving that inner child or feeling whatever he or she is feeling. And, And the other thing is just start to realize that you have choice over what train of thought you get on. So you observe these trains of thoughts that you're getting on, that they are taking you to really crappy destinations that make you feel really bad in your body. Just feel that feeling in your body of how those thoughts make you feel and start to observe them and just say, hello and goodbye. You're not taking me to a place I want to go to. And you're going to start noticing how much choice and power you have. If you do this every day for two minutes, at least just set the timer on your phone, it's going to become part of how you function. Just sit there. Allow the, you know, focus on your breath. You can always ground yourself by coming back to your breath. And when a thought comes in, oh, hello, it's you, put it in the corner of the room. Just put it in an armchair in the corner of the room and wait for the next one to come along. And you're going to prove to yourself that you have control. Because you've come to the conclusion as a child that you have no choice, you have no control, you're powerless. And so we need to turn that on its head. We need to really empower you. And that's what we do with the RTT but we've got to do the conscious work too. And if you feel activated in your nervous system, if you feel stressed, just notice the feeling in your body. We've got to get you back into your body get you out of the monkey mind and just notice the feeling and start to do this breath work. Five seconds of inhaling, two seconds of holding and eight seconds of exhaling. It's that long exhale that is communicating to your nervous system via the tenth cranial nerve, the vagus nerve, the ventral vagus nerve, the, the this, you're, you are not in danger. If you think about it, when you're running from your life away from a lion, when you're in danger, you cannot do long exhales. It's fast. It's fast breathing. So think to bring myself back to safety and homeostasis. I need to do long exhales. Do that five times and you'll notice how your physiology feels at peace. You feel calmer. so. Those are my top tips for starting to gain control and realize how much power and choice you've
0: Wow. That was excellent. I call that breathing box breathing. I always use it with my special anxiety and panic attack clients because with that and tapping, they really conquer really strong phobias straight away. They realize, oh yeah, I'm actually here. I can touch my body. There are free things working in my body. I exist. And the intrusive thoughts go away because we're not paying attention and the energy is no longer going to them because we're not focused on that so thank you so much for these incredible tips and i can't wait to have this episode live so people can really extract all these gems and and put them into practice because it is absolutely possible to heal from depression to feel better to feel great to start the day with excitement and say well Today I can do this, this, and that, and I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to jump, spring out of bed. Well, maybe not jump, (laughs) but spring out of bed and feel excitement for the new day ahead. Thank you again, Chloe, for being with us. It's been such a pleasure, and I hope to have you again maybe on video to do something together for YouTube, for our aficionados there.
1: Perfect. I'd love to.
0: And uh, it will be great. So guys, it's been a great episode, very soothing and calming and relaxing and also full of important stuff to, to take action about, you know, just do something today. And if you want help in this, do that with a practitioner. We're here to help. Feel free to contact me or Chloe. Where can we find you exactly?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Peters, or you can go to my website which is com. I think exactly. friends will spell it out for you because it's, it's a, okay.
0: yeah, Spanish. Be a link Yeah, it's okay. It's been great talking and I hope you guys will like and share this episode with all your friends and maybe write a review for the podcast that helps us to be more visible so that we can reach more people and help which is what makes people happy, to help one another and to enlighten the day of somebody else by giving them something they actually need how to step out of this problem that has been there for all this time. And I'm sorry you guys do not see my gesticulation, but I'm doing the anyway way today. <laughs> so thank you. And bye-bye, Chloe. I'll see you soon.
1: Bye, fans. Thank you so much.
0: So everyone, thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. You've listened to Create with Front Sydney.